You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today, and I'm excited for the topic because it's not something that has ever been covered on this podcast and something that I don't think is covered very much in general. So I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself and let you know where you can find him online. Wow, Steph, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, I am Sam Thompson. Sometimes I go by both. Um, I go by both. Um, I've been called worse today already, so, you know, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I am what I call, uh, I call myself a magical primitive blacksmith. And to me, what that means is I use more of an ancient techniques and technology in my uh, magical blacksmithing. Um, I use charcoal that I make myself here on site um, instead of using propane or coal or anything like that. And my work uh, with a capital W is getting people um, re-engaged um, to the magic of metal. And you can find me at Ravens Keep Forge everywhere. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, YouTube. Did I miss one? Might be all of them. I will have everything. Yeah. Website. You'll have everything. Like, that's not, yeah, we're good. No big deal. But yeah, it's ravenskeepforge.whatever.com at whatever. I'm good. Well, I am so excited to cover this topic because I don't think it's talked about very often other than sort of getting glossed over when people talk about oh moon magic you can use silver and when you're working with the sun you can use gold but nobody actually talks about metal magic and it's a really fascinating aspect yeah and i think i think we just forgot it and you know i i'm not one of those that it's the long lost art of because i don't I'm, I'm not a big fan of those type things but i i think we've just lost our connection um along about the industrial revolution you know, it became so common that we just don't notice it anymore. And I, I really think that it's sad. Um, I'll say that word uh, because we we have an intimate physical connection to it. I mean, it's not like well, I mean, we're connected to it. Right. I mean, iron is literally a part of our body. We cannot live without iron. You know, we can't live without copper. You know, we have zinc in us, which is important to us living. We have trace amounts of tin. You know, and all those those four things I just mentioned make up copper, bronze, brass, and iron. You know, I mean, so all the Middle Ages, right, are within us it, already. You know, we don't need to be a blacksmith in order to work metal magic. So I want to get that out of the way. You don't need to do anything differently other than build a relationship with your metal. That's it. Which is important to note because there's there's no way I could do your job. <laughs> I am not going to go out there and forge anything. <laughs> and and it's, un, it's unnecessary. You, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing I think is, is just learning how to build a relationship to your metal tools. You know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say most people probably have some form of metal that I mentioned already in their practice. You know, in their ritual tools or their altar wear or whatever. There's some form of some of that already in their practice. And instead of it being a tchotchke or a widget, something that you pull out like the fine china on the high holidays, you know, and then put away, why not build a relationship with it 
you know, live within right relationship with your tools and let them be an ally instead of just something you wave around eight times a year or 13, depending on how you work. Yeah, I, I love that. I think most people have more tools that fall into that category than they think they do once they start looking. Yeah, and, and the way I wrote the book was to kind of get people re-engaged in that thought process, you know, to start looking around, you know, because a lot of people say, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have it. But yeah, you probably do, and you just don't see it anymore. You know, it's like if you rearrange a room in your house, don't take anything out or add anything to it, you'll see a whole bunch of new stuff because it's, you're looking at it in a new way. Um, and I think it's the same thing with this, just taking inventory of what you have, you know, you'll be surprised at what you do have and the uses that you can have for it. And that is a great segue into, you have a book about this. <laughs> uh, so I would love for you to tell the listeners if they aren't familiar with the book, what they can expect when they pick it up. All right. So it's a, <clears throat> the book is titled Metal, Metal Never Lies. Um, it's an introduction to metal magic, and it's just that, an introduction. Um, it's built on the metals that I mainly work with, and I work with four. I work with copper, bronze, brass, and steel slash iron. Um, I will use iron and steel interchangeable, although that's technically not correct. Um, steel is 98% iron and 2% some other stuff. Um, for the most part, it's iron, and I, I do use them interchangeably, and I, I apologize Um uh, that's not technically correct, but you know, you just got to roll with me. Um, <laughs> and, and it is basically a book on being able to reconnect ourselves to metal, to the magic of metal. Um, something that I said earlier that we are have have an intimate connection to. Um, we don't need to go out and buy a forge, start smithing. You don't need to do any of that stuff. The thing you need to do is basically just build a relationship with it. And with some people, it may be easier to learn how to forge than that. But still, um, I think that it's something adding that into the into your magical practice. It will open up a whole brand new world for you. How did you get started down this path that led to where you're working and the book that you released? Where did you get started? Well, I got started smithing, you know, a decade or so ago. Um, and I did it in honor of my grandfather. I'm Southern Appalachian. And growing up, everybody had a little smithy because you fixed what you had. Um, you didn't throw anything away. You, you know, you fixed it. You never bought anything new, right? Um, so, you you know, everybody had a little bit of smithy. So I, I learned, picked up the craft just as an honor of him. And... The more and more I started working, I started having people say, hey, can you make me X? Can you make me Y? Can you get me this? Whatever. And I started making tools and talismans, amulets, wands, whatever for other people. And as I started doing it, I started noticing a change within me as I was doing the work, as I was being, um, as I was doing more and more work with them. Because um, the way that I work, as I mentioned earlier, I don't, I don't use coal or, or, or propane or anything like that. I, I'm pretty much hands-on with everything. You know, it's like I, I get the wood, you know, I cure the wood, I make the charcoal. My forge is handmade. You know, everything I've tried to do hands-on, everything that I've got. Because I think when you're getting a magical implement, a magical tool or weapon or whatever verbiage that you want to use, 
that it's as juicy as possible. I'll use that word. Um, <laughs> and in doing so, as I started doing this work, I started noticing these little, I got these, started getting these little pings, you know, these little breadcrumbs, I'll call them. Um, and these little dots started being laying out. And as I started doing the work, I noticed, you know, as an animist, you know, I started picking up some feelings that it wasn't a necessarily an inanimate object, right? Um, that it was something that was part of the earth. Where I live in the foothills of North Carolina, we have a very high iron concentration in our ground. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. Um, you know, you can sing if you don't filter your water, you'll end up with an iron ring around your sinks and stuff. It's just a lot of it. And as I started working with the metal, the metal started working with me too, I think. And I started getting these little, what I call pings um, from the metal of, you know, not like this, like that. You know, I'm trying to get these little glimpses of pictures of how to work things, how to process things, how to um, forge, lack of a better word, ha -ha, how to forge things out. Uh, to get them to work the way they need to be done. And I went and searched as I started picking up on this. I was like, hey, um, there's something here. I don't know what it is, but I want to find out more. So I went, like everybody, most normal people I think would do, or abnormal people maybe be the case. I went to Google and looked for metal magic. And it was some kind of um, cleaner. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's nothing out there on it. You know, you may end up with a blurb on some, you know, quick drive-by properties of what metal is, but it doesn't give you anything more than that that I could find. You know, my Google foo may not be as good as everybody else's, but I couldn't find anything on it. Um, so then I was kind of tasked with the um, direction of actually writing the book. And that's how the book came apart. Yeah, I agree with you. I have never seen a book dedicated to metal magic before it is often you know, hinted at and there's you know small paragraphs inside other books maybe when they're talking about crystal magic or sometimes you know earth magic but there has, I don't know any other metal magic books out there I've never read one <laughs> yeah it wasn't something I wanted to do you know I, the last thing I wanted to do in my life was to write a book believe me you know I don't even speak English so learning how to write in English was something that was it was very much a challenge for me. <laughs> oh, the 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 joys of uh, writing and publishing. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> but that's great that it it called to you and had you put this work out there because I think that a lot of people are going to really enjoy that topic and figure out just how much metal they do have in their lives. It it really is kind of phenomenal because there's so much. Like I said, we don't we don't see it. You know, we travel in a, in a metal box. It's about 2,000 pounds worth of steel back and forth to the grocery store. And we don't even see it. You know, you probably lock up your residence with a piece of metal and don't even notice it. You know, what a great way to set your wards for protection, you know, by using that little piece of metal that goes within a piece of metal to help secure your residence, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's those small things like that. You know, it's just That's a fantastic it's really, idea because I do have protections on my keys, but it's nothing related to the properties of the metal. So I'm missing out. And well, I mean, it's just, you know, it like I said, it's a reconnection. You know, I don't I think we've just, you know, we've forgotten a lot of it. You know, it's not lost. It's not, we just need to, we just need to re-remember. 
you know, back around, the, you know, the turn of the, you know, Industrial Revolution, you know, metal was sacred. You know, and depending on what lore and and uh, traditions that you follow, you know, there's a lot of 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 history and mythology surrounding metals, no matter what tradition. Um, I learned through doing the research on the book, you know, metal is magical globally. You know, it's not limited just to, you know, the Irish or the Norse or, you know, the Asian or African or whatever. That's metal's magic everywhere in the whole world, which I kind of thought was kind of cool, personally. Yeah, I, I like that. And I'm guessing it historically varies by what was widely available in that area. Um, well, I would think so. Yeah. You know, my tradition is mainly uh, Irish. So I have, you know, I just, I have more, a lot more knowledge with that, just from my personal studies of that. Um, but it was a, you know, it's done for the most part pretty primitively, and, you know, it was a very sacred, you know, weapons were very sacred, and they, they were animate. Looking at the, at least uh, the Irish war, they were, they were animate objects. You know, you can read stories of Cuchulain, which is the, you know, the epic Irish hero, and you know, his weapons are dancing around, <laughs> you know, they're following and they're screaming. Um, you, know, you couldn't murder someone with your weapon because your weapon would tell on you, right? And I think that's where swearing, swearing on the sword came from because it bared witness to your actions. You know, it would tell of your deeds. And there's several, multiple stories throughout the Irish War that speak to that. Um, so within studying that and writing a book, I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. Oh, that's fascinating. I love history like that. And I love where these modern ideas that we have come from this ancient mythology. And we sort of all know these inherently know these same things and we're taught these same things, but they come from these mythological stories that we never read. I love that. Well, I mean, if you, if, even if you look at the, uh, the art of blacksmithing, it was so important in, in our um, upbringing, right. Up until the industrial revolution. I mean, from that time, to this time in the span of human existence was, you know, yesterday, right? It wasn't a long period of time. And blacksmithing was very ingrained in our society to the point that our everyday verbiage, there's a lot of blacksmith lingo, lack of a better word, in our everyday verbiage, right? Um, let me see if you've heard some of these stuff. Um, red hot. Yep. Okay, well, you get iron red hot when you work it, right? How about don't lose your temper? Oh, all the time. All the time, yeah. Well, that comes from on tool steel. Um, if you get, when you're quenching and when you're uh, normalizing, you're, you're actually working with a piece of metal that you want to have an edge to, you temper it, right? So it has a certain level of heat and hardness. That's what helps it hold the edge. And if it gets too hot, you will lose the temper in the metal. So that's where my grandmother used to tell me all the time, don't lose your temper. Because you oh, would make wow. the metal worthless. I'm learning so many new things today. Here's another one. Too many irons in the fire. Oh yeah, everybody always says that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the same thing. You got too much you're working with in the forge fire, right? And you'll actually burn a piece of metal. Yes, you can burn metal. That's amazing. I can get another connection that we all sort of 
have even in the way that we speak and have forgotten all of the metal aspect of that. And that just kind of goes speaks to how important metal was to our life, right? Because the blacksmith was like, he knew everything that was going on in town because everything went through the smithy. There's not anything in the town, village, city, whatever type populace that was there that the smithy wasn't involved with in some form or fashion. Well, that I makes mean, perfect sense. Yeah, think about it. There's nothing, there's nobody there that didn't have something to do with the smithy. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how important and that's how ingrained metal was in our life at that time and then it still is today we just don't see it i mean we literally have we're surrounded by copper all day long if we're inside and we don't even know it. we don't see it because it's in our walls it carries electricity yeah and i'm as i'm sitting here recording this just looking around the room and i'm realizing how much untapped potential there is for you know witchcraft and magic in my own home that i just never put that piece together and now i'm like oh that's metal that's metal that's metal it's everywhere and i'm not saying every one of them is going to be chatty kathy and you know you're going to have this long long relationship with each and every piece because i don't think that's you know one attainable or, or two the, the the end result but i think you know looking at those pieces that you have is taking the time to build a relationship, um, offer tribute for their work so they can aid you in your work. You know, I think it's just that realization of having somebody else helping you pull the rope in the same direction. You know what I mean? And, you know, speaking of offering tribute, if somebody is just listening to this episode and has never really tapped into this and has decided like I just did. <laughs> Metal magic sounds fascinating. Where do you think is a good place for them to get started? Um, well, the first thing I think I would do is I would take inventory of what you have. I am not a proponent of go out and buy stuff because I don't think I don't think it's necessary. Um, I think you have plenty of what you are, you already have it, right? So take inventory of what you currently have in your house. I talk about this in the book. I break it down pretty simply. So it's pretty methodical in helping you work, work through this. But as you look at what you have, then look at, is there anything that jumps out to you? You know, this is where maybe some of your uh, witchy intuition kind of comes to play. Is there something that just feels good? You know, it's calling your name, lack of a better way to do it, you know? Um, and then, Spend time with it. Build a relationship. It's going to sound funny, but trust me, you know it's no different than building a relationship with a plant or a crystal or anything else. A relationship is a relationship, you know, and it's taking the time to build a relationship with your magical tool that you're using to aid your work, whether that's an athame, um, a candle dish, you know, a chalice, you know, whatever else that you may be using, but taking time to just sit with it, you know, um, feel it, listen to it, be open to what it says before you actually get around to doing the work with a capital W, do the work. Always great advice. I know it's so tempting to just jump in and start working and doing spells and all of that, but there's a lot of background work, little W that has to yeah. go into that. Well, I mean, it's it. I, I guess it depends on you know what's the object of the exercise, you know. And if you want, to, my opinion, if you want to do meaningful work, 
that's the your foundation is more important than anything else. Because if you build a sucky foundation, you're going to have sucky work, and things aren't going to work, and you're going to go, well, that doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you don't you haven't done it up front, right? You haven't put in the set sweat equity. You know, um, regardless of what people may say out on social media, there is no magic fairy dust that I have found. Okay, somebody may have maybe bogarting it, but I haven't found any of it yet. So you've got to build the work, get to know your tools, get build that relationship, and then you will find they will aid you a lot more than you possibly imagine. At least that has been true in my work. We just don't we're we're not good at relationships anymore, it seems. And that's I know that's a judgment. But that's just kind of, you know, based on what I'm seeing over the last 30 years of being involved in the pagan community, our relationships have changed dramatically. Um, they're not as deep and intense and uh, meaningful. And a lot of people just don't know how, you know, and, and it's in, imperative, especially in my opinion, if you're working with magic, to build a relationship with the things you're doing magic with. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think that it comes a lot from the access that we have online and social media. It seems like you're building a relationship with people, but th there's a screen. You, They don't know you. They're, you're not actually building a relationship with those people. So when we go out into the real world, it's very hard for people to know how to interact and build something up like a true friendship. I, I agree. And, it's, and, and I think that's a great word to look at. You're building a friendship with your magical tools. I like that. And I, I feel that way about, I have an animistic background as well. So I feel that way about everything. You know, rocks have a spirit and the tree has a spirit and you just are building, like you said, foundations with each of those. Exactly. And they have a lot of wisdom. They've been around a lot longer than we have. Absolutely. I love trees. <laughs> trees are great. And I imagine that now that I'm going to dive into metal, that it's going to be just as interesting. Every bit so. Every bit so, I think. Well, speaking then of the tools, is there anything, and we're, we're this will probably lead into your, you know, monthly moon offerings, but um, is there anything that you do regularly in your practice to sort of connect with your tools and the things that you are making to, you know, interact with them? Do you do any sort of monthly blessings or anything like that? Well, I get back to where I, where I mentioned tribute. It's what I call tribute. Um, whereas what, you know, metal rusts, iron rust, right? And copper patinas, right? Which is its form of rusting. And the, excuse me, bronze and brass does the same thing. So for me, I call it tribute where I take time and I'll, the blades that I have or anything that's iron, I will, you know, basically clean, wipe down, um, if it needs to be polished, not everything has to be shiny, right? For me, you know, I don't mind things not being shiny. You know, I'm okay with them being natural. Um, so it's just taking the time, spending time, listening to them, talking about them. Um, I have a one particular metal item that I use during my magical forging sacred force process that I use to bear witness to my work. And so I do have a little extra things that I do with it, but a lot of it's just, once again, continuing that relationship of, you know, conversation, you know, listen to what it has to say, me talking, being open 
um, to something different than what I have in mind and making sure they're clean and dry and dressed and taken care of the same way they're taking care of me, but they're just doing it in a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that's great. It's a tribute is a great word for that. I like tribute. <laughs> it's not, okay. yeah, it's not the, you know, what it was, the catching fire. What was that? Uh, mocking Jay. Oh yeah. Hunger uh, <laughs> games. Wrong, not that kind of tribute. <laughs> wrong tribute. <laughs> yeah, wrong tribute. Yeah, this is, yeah, we're sustaining tribute, not sacrificing. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's a, you know, important thing for any relationship and not just with the physical items that we're talking about, but you have to do the same thing with your friends and family. You have to, you know, pay tribute and pay attention and listen to them when they talk. So we're just applying those same things to these inanimate objects. Exactly. Relationship's a relationship. You know, it may be how you go about it may be a little different. Maybe you sit, you know, you have a candle dish that you use that um, is a part of your, maybe you have a, a, a vibrant candle magic practice or you want to get into candle magic. Um, well, you may have a metal candle dish that all your candles sit on. Well, you can start building a relationship with that candle dish, you know, through meditation and just, you know, meditation gets this real wonky, ethereal oh, kind of sound. And it's just, you know, just sit with it. Right. Sit and talk and tell them what, you know, tell it what you want it to do and what you want to do, and what your plans are, and just have a conversation with it, you know, and, you know, keep it clean, keep it dry, keep it, if it needs, if you want it shiny, keep it shiny, um, you know, but start building that relationship so that when you are doing candle magic, and that is your foundation of your work, because everything sits on it, then now you have an ally to help with aiding your magical work. I don't know if that, if that's how I do it. We'll leave it, we'll play that. Yeah, I, I love that method. And speaking of your magical work, <laughs> I want to chat about some of the offerings that you have, like your monthly moon bling. You make really beautiful items, I have to say. Thank you, I appreciate that. And they're all different. And the only time you'll see the moon bling, I do usually around the dark moon um, each month. Um, I do it, uh, it's an offering, it's part of my work for the community. Um, you'll find it at a lower rate uh, price point than anything else that you'll find on the site. But it's done, um, anybody that wants it, I usually announce it a week or so ahead of time what it is. Um, every month it's different and people can partake of it or not. A um, couple of the cool things is that it's usually forged on or right around the dark moon. Um, sometimes it's full moon, depending on what it is, but primarily it's on the dark moon. And everybody will be connected to it because it'll be all forged out of the same piece of metal. So no matter where you are on the planet, you'll be connected to somebody else that needs the same thing it is that you need, which I think is cool because now you've got extra people helping, right? That are needing the same thing is the way I look at it. Um, and it's done once a month. Um, I usually make, eh, there might be one or two extra, um, but once it's made, I've never duplicated anything I've made on uh, what I call the moon bling. You know, I, I, I just think it's kind of a cool sound. So that's what I call it. But yeah, it's, it's, the name. <laughs> it, it is, it there, it's epic, I think, um, because it, some of it's, you know, I've done most of what I do with pendants, but I've done um, candle scribes and I've done uh candle dishes and I've done knots. I've done, you know, things besides just pendants. Metal knots are cool, by the way. 
if you've never seen one, you should go on the site and check it out. Metal knots are cool. Mean yeah, I, I have checked it out. <laughs> no, I just I I love everything that you have. I love when you um incorporate the Celtic, the tree alphabet. Uh, oh so, yeah. yeah, the oh looks so cool to me. Yeah, I, I'm well. That's that's part of my tradition because I follow more of an Irish uh, tradition. So I don't work with runes because that's not my tradition. Um, and it's not, I'm not anti-rune. I just don't know enough about them to feel comfortable working with it. I don't want to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disrespectful, right? To whereas with the Elm, I've worked, I've been personally working with them for years. So I don't mind kind of putting those together. Yeah, and I, I agree with that, that it's important to sort of like study those and know that what each one means because they have all of them have such deeper meanings runes oh um all of that um there's more deeper meanings than just like the one word that is like the definition uh, oh, it's important to like learn them get to know them and then you know most be honest with you most of not not, not, not i'm dishonest i hate when people say that most of my work is commissioned only um where people will come to me and say i need i need to make an x so that's mostly what I do. I do have some things that are online that are on site that you can get, but most of the stuff is commissioned um, to where people need a certain talisman or amulet or a wand or anything like that. And that's primarily my work. And you know, that process is kind of in-depth. I made a wand for somebody over in France, and you know, it was three months in the making, you know, because we had to have spend time together and look at what we wanted and what it did and you know, it's more than just, a, you know, a, a widget, right? I keep saying that word, but it's just, it's, it's not a thing. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a something. And that's great to be able to have that personal connection to it, that it's not something that's mass produced that everybody else is going to have. It's really unique to that person and their needs. Exactly. And, you know, and they will um, know when I'm forging it so that they can be an active participant in it too, right? So if I'm doing it on a Wednesday night or Wednesday afternoon, they can know, you know, I can tell them, hey, I'm starting so they can do what it is that they need to do to also help with the forging process and start building that relationship to that piece. Oh, that's really cool. That's like a great community aspect to all of your work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's. I look at my work as providing everybody tools so they can do their work. That is a great way to look at it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I love that you give people the opportunity to be involved in that whole process from start to finish. And I love the community aspect of your monthly moon bling as well. That's just so much fun to know that somebody else anywhere else in the world could have, you know, that an item made from the same metal as me. Like that's so much fun. Yeah, you know, and if you need, say, for instance, there was one of them I did, you know, for, I did one on protection, you know, and everybody was more of a, a physical and kind of emotional protection. And so everybody that got that one needed that same thing. So with everybody building into that and adding energy into theirs are also adding energy into everyone else's because they're all connected. Right, because they're all out of the same piece of metal. So it's kind of like, I look at it, it's, it's, it kind of grows from that, you know, and it kind of helps feed itself, if that makes sense. That's yeah. how I look at it. 
that may be that's a great option for people who don't have a local community to work with and need to raise some energy with other witches and, and aren't comfortable doing that in person. Like that's such a great way to build a community and have that extra energy around your items. It does make a difference. I, 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 I think it does. I notice it. So. Yeah. Love that. That is great. Well, before we finish up, I always like to ask, and I know that you have given so much advice already, but do you have any other advice that we haven't covered yet that you would offer to somebody just starting out um, with magic or metal magic in particular, or to somebody that's looking to grow a little bit more this year? Okay. Um, let's see. As far as working with metal magic, I think we've had a really good start. You know, it's just building your inventory, working on your relationship, um, not plugging it, but the, the book's written for a reason. So I think it's a really good, um, it's on Kindle. So, you know, um, get that as well. Um, in fact, if we talk about it while we're here, if you've made it this far into the conversation, if you want to buy the book from my website and you put in um, the code in the shopping cart, um, WW for which Wednesday, and we'll do 23 because it's year 23. If you'll add that into the coupon code area, um, you'll get $5 off the book. So, and I'll sign it for you and mail it out to you. So um, we'll go there. So that gives you a, a non-excuse to get the book. You can get the book about the same price as Kindle that way. <laughs> That's so kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I think, you know, just take, take your time. You know, the old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. Take your time, be patient with yourself. If, if I could offer anybody a, a major piece of advice is just find out what your work is. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing or what everybody else says you shouldn't be doing or should be doing or any of this other stuff, because at the end of the day, it's between you and, you know, your deity, your, you know, um, whatever verbiage that you want to use with that. But just find out what your work is um, and then do that. Just focus on doing the work. You know, because I think if we had enough people on this planet focusing on doing the work instead of worrying about what to do, what not to do, who to blame, all that other stuff, that we will be in a much much different position than we are right now. That is fantastic advice, even outside of magic and witchcraft. That is just great life advice. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that, that she just, just do the work. That's all I got to do. Yeah, just do the work. Well, that's hard. Well, nobody said it was going to be easy. <laughs> you know, life's not easy, you know, but just do the work. Make it sound easy with one simple phrase, but there is a lot packed in there. There is. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time today and talking all about your expertise and metal magic in particular. Such a fascinating topic and one I know that I have never covered. And, well, I hope you have more coverage of it to, to, to come from, because I think it's something that we all need to be working with, just like we work with crystals or plants and, and those other things. It's just an added tool to the toolbox, no pun intended, you know, to help us do the work. I agree. I am very excited to dive more into it. So thank you for your time and for sharing everything. I really appreciate you being here. Sure, Steph. Thanks a lot. And listeners, that's everything that I have for you this week. I will see you in the next one. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. 
Find all these links and more at whichwednesdays.com.